Trump's arrest. <laughs> what a joke. Changing the definition of food. Yeah, we'll tell you who makes uh, that decision and why. And more gender bullcrap. I am so tired of this and it's just not going to stop. Until we stand up and say, I don't care how you want to refer to yourself. I'll call you he or I'll call you her. Whatever. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm a he. <laughs> Happy Monday. Oh, man, what a Monday. And you know what? Just minutes ago, there was a huge thunderstorm that came rolling into our area. We had a couple of close strikes. I was praying the power would stay, and now it looks like it's moved out and gone away. It did rain pretty substantially, but uh, for the most part, we avoided a calamity. Nobody uses that word anymore, do they? A calamity. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. We got so much going on tonight, not the least of which is a very important Miko update. Because our little girl had the best time yesterday. If you don't know, Miko is our three-year-old Shiba Inu. And take a look at this. <laughs> this is from the Malaysian kennel association and this is a first prize medal that she got that's her right there in the picture wearing it uh she made it through the first round now she didn't make it through all the way to the end but that's okay because she made it through the first round and she was so proud she did such a great job and uh, yeah, so we're just calling her the champion anyway. Uh, yesterday was uh, there. What a great shot. Look at that with her ribbon on. First place. That's me. <laughs> All decked out in my Sunday best with her getting ready to head on into the arena. Yeah, do a little pose in front of the Malaysian Shiba Inu Club poster. And uh, there she is again. Such a great time yesterday there's video by the way i didn't want to play it because it's very long it's of me going around the ring and they're putting her up on the table and the judge looking at her and stuff like that it's on my personal uh jay sheldon facebook page so if you want go over there you can check out the video but thanks to the uh malaysian uh, kennel association and also the malaysian shiba inu club who did an absolute this was a fun match competition so it was all just for fun it doesn't in the end really mean anything but it meant a lot to us and it was such a great experience i'd never seen a dog show let alone been in one but they were very helpful they told us what to do where to go and how to do this and that and the other thing so the, the group was absolutely fantastic and it was really a, an amazing amazing time yesterday thank you to everybody i don't remember in the end how many? I'm going to guess maybe maybe 40 Shiba Inus were there. Somewhere around that, I think. Yeah, it was, wow, it was insane. Our uh, Miko update is brought to you by BarkBox.com slash Miko. And uh, BarkBox is a monthly subscription service you get for your dog. Every month you'll get delivered right to your door a bark box, themed bark box full of goodies, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. 
Check it out, BarkBox.com slash Miko. They are completely 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If there's ever anything you do not like, you get a hold of customer service, they'll make it right, guaranteed. BarkBox.com, if you use our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, it's in our show notes, you'll get a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Six months, 12 months. You can sign up for just one month. But trust me, even if you sign up for one month, You'll be right back over at the webpage signing up for more. If when you do that, make sure you use BarkBox.com slash Miko to get your free month. All right. Thank you. BarkBox.com. An amazing job. And uh, yeah, yesterday was just, it was so much fun. I am so glad we took part in that because it was an absolute blast. It was amazing. So how's your Monday going? I know for some people it's just begun in the U.S., where a great chunk of our audience is. We actually, you know what? The weird thing is our top three countries is the United States, obviously, because we talk mostly about U.S. problems. Uh, Malaysia, because I'm in Malaysia. And India. We have a huge audience in India. And thank you. We love you guys. That's fantastic. All right. Well, in their latest, ooh, look, shiny red object thing, tomorrow, potentially... President Trump says he expects to be arrested and urges protesters to take our nation back. Yes, protest. But, but, listen to me, peacefully. No violence, nothing untoward. Peacefully. It is your absolute right to protest, and you should take advantage of that. A, peacefully. B, you know these groups, the Democrats, Antifa, BLM, any one of these communist, fascist organizations. Yeah, I include the Democrats in that. They are going to have instigators. They're going to have them no matter what. They're going to be out there. They're going to try and start trouble. If you see it, report it. Don't follow along. Don't engage. They're going to be there. These, uh, these folks who just try and start trouble. You need to protest, but you need to do it peacefully. There's the man. Former President Donald Trump says he expects to be arrested tomorrow in connection with a Manhattan District Attorney's investigation, a George Soros-funded Manhattan District Attorney's uh, he urged citizens to protest, according to a Sunday, uh, Saturday morning social media post. Uh, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States will be arrested on Tuesday of next week, wrote Trump Saturday on Truth Social, using all capital letters. Protest, comma, take our nation back, he also said. There's been no notification other than illegal leaks from the Justice Department and the DA's office to NBC and other fake news carriers that the George Foros-funded radical left Democrat prosecutor idiot in Manhattan, I added idiot, has decided to take his witch hunt to the next level. A Trump, Trump spokesperson later said, apparently walking back the statement, President Trump is rightfully highlighting his innocence and the weaponization of our injustice system. Oh, ain't that the truth? He'll be in Texas next weekend for a giant rally. 
In his post, Trump uh, referenced illegal leaks from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. He described the office as corrupt and highly political. Duh. Tell me something we don't already know. Furthermore, he noted the leader of the office is funded by leftist megadoter and somebody who ought to get stripped of his citizenship and tossed on his ass out of the country now, George Nazi Soros. According to Trump's post, the potential arrest based on an old and fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors, a fairy tale. And at issue is Trump's reported payment of hush money to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Last week, his attorney, Joe Tacopino, Tacopina, told MSNBC and other outlets the hush money payment was not a crime. According to Tacopino, Trump was following the advice of his then-lawyer, Michael Cohen. Cohen has since pled guilty in 2018 to a federal charge relating to that payment. But yeah, it's likely going to happen. I can't imagine this Soros-backed idiot DA changing his mind. And all it's going to do is make Trump stronger and make his base support him more. So whatever you think is going to happen by doing this ridiculously, police state bullcrap, it is going to backfire big time. Insane. All right. We uh, want to tell you about one of our sponsors here. And that would be Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition. Where is it? There it is. Folks, fruits and vegetables... You all know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. They are the key to healthy living. Fruits and vegetables are the anchor of any healthy diet. Well, it's a pain in the butt because you got to go buy them. Then you got to prepare them. If you don't prepare them soon enough, they go off. And all you did was waste your money. They're hard to cook, go shopping, perishable. How many times... Have you gone out and bought fruits and vegetables, and the next thing you know, before you get to eating them, they went off. Field of Greens is a product by Brickhouse Nutrition that is absolutely amazing. It is a science-backed formula of healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink. You could mix it with water if you want to, but people use green tea, orange juice, whatever. And they are real USD organic fruits and vegetables. These are not extracts. Comes in great tasting flavors, and you will absolutely love it. Matter of fact, there, Field of Greens. This is the product itself. Look at that. Yummy. There you go. There's all the different uh, flavors. You've got... uh, Wild berry, lemon lime, greens raw, and the original flavor. Fields of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. You use a special link in our show notes. It's right at the top of our show notes. And you will get an amazing offer now from Brickhouse Nutrition and the Jay Sheldon Show. Check it out. Do it now. Brickhouse Nutrition and Field of Greens. Thank you, Brickhouse, for uh, helping to sponsor part of the show today. We really do appreciate that. 
All right. On to our, uh, our next topic. It's a local story, but I covered it before because, yes, it happened in Malaysia, but it can happen nearly anywhere. And I just love this story. You remember, we did a story about this girl, Zoe Gabriel, from Malaysia, who had bought a Charles and Keith bag, and she had called it high-end, you know, as if it was a, a Gucci or, a you know, one of those big high high end brands and people made fun of her because they claimed Charles and Keith was not a high end fashion bag well wound up she became the uh public representative of Charles and Keith which i think was fantastic and guess what it just got better and this is a perfect match, by the way. The Charles and Keith girl, Zoe Gabriel, is now creating content for budget airline Air Asia. Yes! <laughs> Air Asia is a budget airline, very famous, one of our bigger companies here in Malaysia. <clears throat> it's around the world. No doubt you've heard of Air Asia. But again, it's a budget carrier. And what a better connection than since everybody made fun of her that this Charles and Keith was not a high-end luxury goods bag. <clears throat> and AirAsia said, come on board. She is now, <laughs> look at this. How cool is that? She's in their ads. She's getting paid by AirAsia to do these promotions. Charles and Keith bad girls O Gabriel, who sparked a debated, a spirited debate over what luxury truly means, now doing collaborative work with budget carrier Air Asia in one 10-second video on uh, Air Asia's TikTok page. The 17-year-old, she's 17, is seen wearing an Air Asia cabin attendance uniform as she dances to Boys a Liar Part 2 by Pink Pantheress and Ice Spice. The video, which appears to have been filmed on a rooftop, was posted Friday and already had been viewed 740,000 times. Wow. Another TikTok video. She's in the cabin of an AirAsia plane dancing, this time to a sped-up version of Taylor Swift's I Think He Knows, with a flight crew providing a best effort, albeit rather awkward, backup dance. Um... It's racked up 67,000 views so far. And her rise to online fame came, as we mentioned, b b while she was publicly ridiculed, social media trolls, when uh, in a TikTok video, she shared her experience and excitement over a bag made by Singapore brand Charles and Keith. And the hate came after she described the bag as luxury. Well, the joke's on you, morons. I love this story. Fantastic. She is having quite the success. So, complain all you want. <laughs> that is like the best you to all those people that I, you know, it's it's great. If more happens with this woman, I promise you I will cover it. Because, you know, I should even, I maybe I'd get her on the show and do a little quick interview with her or something. Because she's fantastic. All right, yeah, this one is not such a good news story. The FDA, oh man. The way people, uh, the way government defines foods matters. It matters a lot. 
it makes it easier to make laws that will prevent you from access to certain foods. It will make some things require, say, a prescription in order to get them. Well, as this says, it's a picture, but it's worth a thousand words. It is. It says, don't snooze through this one. The FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration, has just rebranded hundreds of natural foods, herbs, oils, spices, rebranded them instead of as natural foods, now calls them substances. And that makes it easier for them to lobby for laws against their use, opening the market up for more pharmaceuticals. Take a look at these 68 substances. They're not all listed here, but this is some of them some of the more common ones that you and I use, they're under FDA evaluation and 200 plus more in addition to these, the FDA is, is questioning. I'm just, I'm not going to read them all, but pick out some here that are quite common. Aloe vera. I just use aloe vera on my eczema skin today. Aloe vera, they wanted to classify it as a substance, not a natural food source. Asparagus. Are you freaking asparagus? Unbelievable. Daisy oil, dandelion, ginger root, which is used extensively here in Southeast Asia. Ginkgo bilbo. Grapeseed oil. This is mustard oil, myrrh, nettle leaf, nutmeg oil, parsley, and papaya. Papaya grows naturally here. Lots of people have papaya plant, uh, trees in their yards. Uh, I love papaya. I eat it all the time. Peppermint oil. Look at this. Pine tar, rhubarb, sage tea tree oil, zinc, uh, these are the things that idiotic FDA who has lied to us from the beginning. Do not trust the FDA, folks. And boy, here's a good example of why you shouldn't. These items, and there's 200 over more coming into question. The FDA wants to rebrand them instead of being called natural foods to calling them substances, which means they can make laws against them. And the FDA can, can lobby for those laws. This is criminal. This must be stopped. Call your congressman. Call your representative. Tell them you know about this bullcrap and you don't want it. And they need to find out more about it and fight against it. I don't know who has the ultimate decision here. But this is some serious stuff, folks. This is scary scary stuff. Unbelievable. Talk about Brickhouse Nutrition and their USDA organic food powder. This is criminal. This has to stop. It's beyond crazy. See, once they get a little bit of power, they're going to do everything they can to hold on to it. No matter what, they are going to make sure that they have control over your lives whether you want it to or not. Unbelievable. No, seriously, get a hold of your representatives, your congresspeople, and let them know you know about this. 
and you are very much against it. It's the only way it's going to stop. Wow. Unbelievable. Hey, uh, all right. We want to uh, take a couple of seconds here and talk about one other of our sponsors here on the Jay Sheldon Show, and that would be Skillshare. One month free of Skillshare? What? Yeah, we got an even even better deal coming up. Skillshare, if you didn't know, is an online learning platform which was made for learners and educators. It's got more than 30,000 classes. There has to be something there. Whatever it is, from the ridiculous how to make a peanut butter sandwich uh, to computer courses, public speaking, public presentations, uh, all kinds of stuff for computer software. You can choose from courses that are added in all the time, including design, tech, illustration, business, and more. Check out the site. Use the link in our show notes to get a special deal. If you're a learner, if you want more information, you want to advance your career, you want to learn more, you want to learn a skill, you can take an online course. They are ad-free. You sign up for a subscription and it's just take any class you want, any skill you have. Now, if you are an educator, if you're a teacher, if you've maybe put together some sort of a course, sign up for Skillshare and teach. You'll make a little side income. Absolutely available. Skillshare offers a huge variety of topics. The most valuable is in some of the creative fields like design, photography, cinematography, motion graphics. Uh, anybody can take a class, do a project, even teach a course. Whether you're an individual or a team, Skillshare is the site. And uh, check them out. Use that special link over in our show notes and uh, you'll get a special deal. A very special deal from us at the Jay Sheldon Show. All right. Thank you, Skillshare, for helping to sponsor the show. Really appreciate it. Here we go again with this gender crap. Oh, man. Democrat turns basic nature of parenting upside down to cater to gender ideology. There's the freak now. Gender ideology is so pernicious, it turns the basic nature of parenting upside down. This week, Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, a Democrat, said it is a grown-up's job to listen to a child's self-declared identity and believe it. When our children tell us who they are, it's our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them, this moron Flanagan said, that's what it means to be a good parent. No, idiot, that is not what it means to be. So, your boy tells you he thinks he's a girl. So you immediately, you know, put him on gender reassigning drugs. and Or your, your little girl decides she wants to be a boy. So you immediately have a full mastectomy, removal of her breasts, which is lifelong and irreversible. Put her on testosterone. You're an idiot. So in other words, if your child comes to you and says he or she thinks that they're a pirate, I guess then you should cut off one of their legs and give them a wooden leg and gouge out one of their eyes so they can have an eye patch, right? Same thing. Your kid tells you he wants to be a pirate. Go ahead. There's no difference. 
She said this after uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz, also a Democrat, signed an executive order declaring the land of 10,000 lakes, otherwise known as Michigan, a trans-refuge state for transgender people, including children seeking experimental medical interventions. Peggy Flanagan, parenting and children changing their gender. I'm not going to play this because the woman deserves no more airtime than I can barely give her. Uh, She defended life-affirming and life-saving health care medical interventions that set children on a path that will leave them stunted, scarred for life, and infertile. This health care starts with so-called puberty blockers, drugs like Lupron, which authorities have used to chemically castrate sex offenders, which the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has not approved for kids with gender dysphoria and proceeds to cross-sex hormones that places children at greater risk for cancer and osteoporosis. These hormones also introduce bizarre secondary sex characteristics that are also irreversible, such as lowering of a girl's voice, shrinking of male's sex organs. Studies show that kids who identify with the gender opposite their biological sex will most likely grow to identify with their biological sex without these medical interventions. Got it? So when your little boy comes to you and says he wants to be a girl, or your little girl comes to you and says she wants to be a boy, it is not the best example of parenting for you to believe them to the extent that you start with gender reassignment surgery and medications. If that's your choice, then in my opinion, you ought to have your children taken away from you by the whatever Department of Children and Youth Services there is in your state, short of you going to jail for child abuse, which would not be a bad idea at all. This has to stop, my friends. This has to stop. It is insane what they are doing to our kids. These are our kids, folks. They're your kids. Just incredible. All right. One last one here before we get on to our book tonight. And uh, it's a uh, it's kind of a good news story. We always end with a good news story. What it is, though is a story about someone whose birthday is this week. And he is a politician. He is one of our founding fathers in America. And chances are, you don't really know him. He is one of the most important of our founding fathers. And you rarely see anything about him. Thursday is the birthday of the most important founding father that Americans probably don't remember. He doesn't have a musical written about him. He doesn't have an HBO series. But he is one of the most significant founders in the history of the United States. Thursday this week, just a few days away, is the 272nd anniversary of James Madison's birth. More than any other founder, Madison is to thank for the structure of our government. 
if we can keep it. It is because of his dedication and his genius that we have the separations of powers, a bicameral legislation, a legislature, and proportional representation. Now, in spite of the fact the left is doing everything to get rid of that, he's the man who created this genius system. It is this very system of separated powers that is under threat today. In fact, the federal bureaucracy takes legislative, executive, and judicial power unto itself as a threat to representational government. It is time to push back against this overreach, restore congressional authority in line with the original system that James Madison started. He was born this Thursday, 272 years ago. This man basically created the system that is the United States, a constitutional republic. Remember him. Remember what he did. Remember what he created. And uh, do your best to support it. And don't let these morons destroy it. Okie dokie. You ready for some live book? I am. <laughs> it's uh, it's time for White Fang. We read books on this show. You must know that by now if you're a regular viewer, listener. And uh, classic books. We've done Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Alice in Wonderland, The Little Prince. And uh, we read them all the way through, part of a chapter or a whole chapter at a time, till we get to the end, and then we begin another classic book. These come to us from the Gutenberg Project, by the way, gutenberg.org. Go there and check them out. You can find all kinds of books. They're all for free. They're all in the public domain. This is where White Fang comes from. And uh, we read these books throughout until we get to the end, and we begin another one. Coming up next, I think we're going to do Treasure Island. Ooh. I've never read these books, and I don't pre-read. I discover them along with you, because I think that's more fun that way. So, having said that, it is time to move on over to the adventures of White Fang. It was in the summer that White Fang arrived at Fort Yukon. Gray Beaver crossed the great watershed between Mackenzie and the Yukon in the late winter, and spent the spring in hunting among the western outlying spurs of the Rockies. And then, after the breakup of the ice on that porcupine, he'd built a canoe and paddled down the stream to where it affected its junction with the Yukon, just under the Arctic Circle. He stood, here stood the old Hudson's Bay Company Fort, and here were many Indians, much food, and unprecedented excitement. It was the summer of 1898, and thousands of gold hunters were going up the Yukon to Dawson and the Klondike, still hundreds of miles from their goal. Nevertheless, many of them had been on the way for a year, and the least of any of them had traveled to get that far was 5,000 miles, while some had come from the other side of the world. Here, Gray Beaver stopped. A whisper of the gold rush had reached his ears, and he'd come with several bales of furs and another of gut-sewn mittens and moccasins. He would not have ventured so long a trip 
had he not expected generous profits. But what he had expected was nothing to what he realized. His wildest dreams had not exceeded a hundred percent profit. He made a thousand percent. And like a true Indian, he settled down to trade carefully and slowly, even if it took all summer and the rest of the winter to dispose of his goods. It was at Fort Yukon that White Fang saw his first white men. As compared with Indians he had known, they were to him a race of beings, a race of superior gods. They impressed him as possessing superior power, and it is on power that Godhead rests. White Fang didn't reason it out, did not in his mind make the sharp generalization that the white gods were most powerful. It was a feeling, nothing more, and yet nonetheless potent. As in his puppyhood, the looming bulks of the teepees man-reared had affected him as manifestations of power. So was he affected now by the houses and the huge fort of massive logs. Here was power. Those white gods were strong. They possessed greater mastery over matter than the gods he had known. Most powerful among them, which was Grey Beaver, and yet Grey Beaver was a child god among these white-skinned ones. Well, to be sure, White Fang only felt these things. He was not conscious of them. Yet it is upon feeling, more often than thinking, that animals act, and every act White Fang now performed was based on the feeling that the white men were the superior gods. In the first place, he was very suspicious of them. There was no telling what unknown terrors were theirs, what unknown hurts they could administer. He was curious to observe them, fearful of being noticed by them. For the first few hours, he was content with slinking around and watching them from a safe distance. And then he saw that no harm befell the dogs that were near to them, and he came in closer. In turn, he was an object of great curiosity to them. His wolfish appearance caught their eyes at once, and they pointed him out to one another. This act of pointing put White Fang on his guard, and when they tried to approach him, he showed his teeth and backed away. Not one succeeded in laying a hand on him, and it was well that they did not. White Fang soon learned that a few of these gods, not more than a dozen, lived at this place. Every two or three days a steamer, another and colossal manifestation of power, came into the bank and stopped for several hours. The white man came off from these steamers and went away on them again. They seemed untold numbers of these white men. In the first day or so, he saw more of them than he had seen Indians in all his life. And as the days went by, they continued to come up the river, stop, and then go on up the river out of sight. But if the white gods were all-powerful... Their dogs really didn't amount to much. This White Fang quickly discovered by mixing with those that came ashore with their masters. They were irregular shapes and sizes. Some were short-legged, too short. Others were long-legged, too long. They had hair instead of fur. Few had very little hair at all. 
and none of them knew how to fight. With an enemy of his kind, it was in White Fang's province to fight with them. And this he did, and he quickly achieved for them a mighty contempt. They were soft and helpless, made such noise, and floundered about clumsily, trying to accomplish by main strength what he accomplished by dexterity and cunning. They rushed, bellowing at him. He sprang to the side. They didn't know what had become of him, and in the moment he struck them on the shoulder, rolling them off their feet and delivering his stroke at the throat. Sometimes this stroke was successful, and a stricken dog rolled in the dirt to be pounced upon and torn to pieces by the pack of Indian dogs that waited. White Fang was wise. He'd long since learned that the gods were made angry when their dogs were killed. The white men were no exception to this. So he was content when he had overthrown and slashed wide the throat of one of the dogs to drop back and let the pack go in and do the cruel finishing work. It was then that the white men rushed in, visiting their wrath heavily on the pack while White Fang went free. He'd stand off a little in the distance and look on, while stones, clubs, axes, and all sorts of weapons fell upon his fellows. White Fang was very wise. But his fellows grew wise in their own way. And in this, White Fang grew wise with them. They'd learned it was when a steamer first tied to the bank that they had their fun. After the first two or three strange dogs had been downed and destroyed, the white men hustled their own animals back on board and wrecked savage vengeance on the offenders. One white man, having seen his dog, a setter torn to pieces before his eyes, drew a revolver. He fired rapidly six times, and six of the pack lay dead or dying. Another manifestation of power that sank deep into White Fang's conscious. White Fang enjoyed it all. He did not love his kind, and he was shrewd enough to escape hurt himself. At first, the killing of a white man's dog had been a diversion. After a time, it became his occupation. There was no work for him to do. Gray Beaver was busy trading and getting wealthy. So White Fang hung around the landing with the disreputable gang of Indian dogs, waiting for steamers. With the arrival of a steamer, the fun began. After a few minutes, by the time the white men had gotten over the surprise, the gang scattered. The fun was over until the next steamer should arrive. But it can scarcely be said that White Fang was a member of the gang. He didn't mingle with it, remained aloof, always himself, and was even feared by it. It is true he worked with it. He picked the quarrel with the strange dog while the gang waited. And when he had overthrown the strange dog, the gang went in to finish it. But it's equally true that he then withdrew, leaving the gang to receive the punishment of the outraged gods. It didn't require much exertion to pick these quarrels. All he had to do when the strange dogs came ashore was to show himself. When they saw him, they rushed for him. It was their instinct. He was the wild, the unknown, the terrible, the ever-menacing. 
the thing that prowled in the darkness around the fires of a primeval world when they, cowering close to the fires, were reshaping their instincts, learning to fear the wild out of which they had come, and which they deserted and betrayed. Generation by generation, down all the generations, had this fear of the wild been stamped into their natures. For centuries the wild had stood for terror and destruction, and during all this time free license had been theirs, from their masters, to kill the things of the wild. And in doing this they had protected both themselves and the gods, whose companionship they shared. And so, fresh from the soft southern world, these dogs trotted down the gangplank and out upon the Yukon shore, had but to see White Fang to experience the irresistible impulse to rush upon him and destroy him. They might be town-reared dogs, but the instinctive fear of the wild was theirs just the same. Not alone with their own eyes did they see the wolfish creature in the clear light of day standing before them. They saw him with the eyes of their ancestors. By their inherited memory, they knew White Fang for the wolf, and they remembered the ancient feud. All of which served to make White Fang's days enjoyable. If the sight of him drove these strange dogs upon him, so much the better for him, and so much the worse for them. They looked upon him as legitimate prey, and as legitimate prey, he looked upon them. Not for nothing had he seen the light of day in a lonely lair and fought his first fights with the ptarmigan, the weasel, and the lynx. And not for nothing had his puppyhood been made bitter by the persecution of Lip-Lip and the whole puppy pack. It might have been otherwise, and he would then have been otherwise. Had Lip-Lip not existed, he would have passed his puppyhood with the other puppies and grown up more dog-like, more liking for the dogs. Had Grey Beaver possessed the plummet of affection and love, he might have sounded the deeps of White Fang's nature and brought up to the surface all manner of kindly qualities. But these things had not been so. The clay of White Fang had been molded until he became what he was, morose and lonely, unloving and ferocious, the enemy of all his kind. Chapter 2 is coming up on Wednesday. It's called The Mad God, and we will have that for you in our next stream on Wednesday night. Thanks so much. Please, if I can just ask you one quick favor, it's absolutely free for you. Just click that follow button right over here. Really helps the show out a lot. Costs you nothing, and you just go right, oh, right over there and go click. That's it follow. You're done. Thank you so much. I will see you again on Wednesday. This has been The Jay Shelton Show. Good night.